Hello, this is Tom Pasello, the ROI guy, and welcome to the Evolvers podcast, sponsored by sales enablement platform provider, Mediafly. Our mission is to provide you with the independent insights, community advice, and tools to guide your sales, content, and value enablement journeys and fuel your professional evolution. My guest today is Gino Colonico. He's the digital transformation lead for PTC, helping to prove and improve the value of PTC's CAD, PLM, IoT, and AR solutions. That's a lot of acronyms there, Gino. <laughs> Gino has a diverse background to add to his digital transformation expertise, including a stint as a math professor, which I was really interesting yeah, to find, yeah. an engineering director for a large global engineering and manufacturing team, and a product manager for design automation at RAND Worldwide. Well, welcome, Gino. Well, Tom, thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, the uh, the math professor, uh, you know, is is you know I'm a big fan of um, of helping the education system, and uh, you know, through all my years of experience, I realized you know we have technology, but a lot of a lot of the um, students or graduates that are coming out of school don't um, don't understand what technology is available and how to apply that technology within industries. So you'll hear and you'll kind of pick up on it through our conversation is. You know, trying to standardize that approach. And uh, so math professor was, uh, you know, I, I looked at it as a volunteer gig where I thought I could get my foot in the door to start influencing uh, our graduates. So it's, it's, a, it's a passion of mine that, uh, 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 you know, to, to help improve our, our grads. Gino, that's awesome. I still keep in touch with one of my math, math professors, Mark Bauman from Brentwood High School. And uh, Mark was really influential. I mean, he he really took me by the ears and said, you know, here, learn how to do this calculus and, and other uh, elements of math that I wasn't uh, that great in. And, you know, lo and behold, I become an electrical engineer. And a lot of it is because of Mark. And I've actually been able to reach out to him and keep in touch with him and, and thank him. Oh, that's uh, awesome. And Mark is also the source of one of my recurring nightmares <laughs> yeah. of being late to his class. And even as a almost 60 year old now, 57 year old, I still have nightmares every once in a while about missing Mark Bauman's class. Yeah. Hilarious. Hilarious. <laughs> uh, so we got to know each other working on PTC's value program and uh, what a treasure to help you to build that program and, and grow it. Um, tell us why this is so important for PTC to get value and your value program right. Yeah, and then let's, let me explain a little bit of our, um, you know, of our customers or our, our um, and maybe our, our target audience. So, you know, our, our customers are, you know, industrial companies uh, that are trying to improve growth and profitability. And really they focus on, you know, product offerings. So you, uh, you know, someone had a vision for a product, they, uh, they launched it and then uh, customers say, hey, we like that product, but we like it uh, either bigger or a different color. And then over time, this becomes more standard. So then they start having more offerings and then as they, um, you know, as they have more offerings and as they, as they, um, as they're in business for a longer period of time, they realize, Hey, we need, uh, you know, it becomes more of a challenge for our employees to understand what the products are, what are our offerings, how to design them, um, how to replace them. And then at one point, uh, 
there'll, there'll come a time where they're uh, supporting their customers become extremely valuable. So spare parts. And so throughout that whole um, journey within that organization, uh, you know, they, they value can be achieved in many different uh, areas. So it can be in, in, in products or by focusing on people. And then of course, uh, in, in improving uh, uh, processes. So we know, you know, PTC provides solutions that improves product designs, enables the people to become more efficient and allows for process optimization. We know that uh, we can help customers increase revenue, reduce costs. We have a toolbox full of, uh, of tools that can be uh, applied depending on what the customer has prioritized, you know, where they are in their, you know, a phrase, a digital transformation journey. Mm -hmm. But the challenge is, you know, finding a common language that allows us to discuss, you know, how our technology can address uh, customer specific needs. Uh, we know that when we get it right, when we have that engaging conversation with our customers at the correct level, uh, the customer, you know, purchases a, a solution or a tool that immediately adds value, which in turn, you know, improves, you know, annual recurring revenue, which, you know, as we're moving to subscription really matters and also reduces churn. So, I mean, we, today we have people that do that very well. You know, people go in and, and I'm very passionate about it. I'm sure you, you do it very well. That can go to customers, understand their, uh, their initiatives and, and, and frame up uh, based off of what they hear. Um, how to position our technology, but you know we need to find a way to scale across the organization. Yeah, and I'm sure that you're seeing the trend that I know I'm seeing in a lot of organizations that sell B2B solutions. That you know finance is involved more than ever in the purchase decisions. Uh, executives are involved more than ever, and there's a lot more scrutiny being paid on every decision. So even if digital transformation is like the number one priority in the organization to get digitally transformed there still seems to be more scrutiny than ever on those purchases and a lot more friction to overcome in the decision process. Yeah, you're great point. So you're, you're one of many projects that companies trying to, to implement, you know, there's many, there's a bunch of functional groups, they all have their KPIs, they all have their, you know, they're all focused on improving their people, their, their you know, their processes. So how do you how do you get, you know, your your technology or your solution or your project uh, blessed off, approved, financed, mm -hmm. and and that brings up, uh, you know, uh, the, the story that I use is, hey, ERP, ERP tools, you know, uh, solutions. People, they always they continue implement them, and sure enough, at the end of that implementation, there's 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 a nightmare. People don't enjoy it. There's, uh, you know, there's it's a struggle, but they do it because because they realize that that ERP solution impacts the entire organization. And so the key here is when you're having those value discussions to make sure your project, you know, and your project should uh, have a lot of value to your organization. And how do you do that? Impact the maximum amount of products, the maximum amount of people and the maximum amount of processes. And you'll, you know, and hopefully you get the same respect as an ERP uh, 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 solution. Yeah. And then you mentioned that, you know, this isn't just a pre-sale activity that yeah. renewals and expand selling are top of mind. That's right. Uh, so that makes the value program important, not just to win over a new prospect, but to grow that account and to keep that account in partnership. That's right. That's right. Awesome. So when you first got started working with prospects and customers on business value, um, 
where did you get started in the process of kind of building the program? Yeah, so I, I have so I have a, a unique opportunity of being a, a so I work for PTC. I have a, a, an opportunity of being a customer of PTC. Uh, all my successes uh, was uh, using PTC products. I uh, I liked it so much that I, I I worked for a reseller of PTC products, and and actually that's where it was my first exposure to um, to performing assessments and having those mm -hmm. value discussions. But but then. I was uh, having value discussions and implementing at the same time, so I I, I did I, I did it all there, and then and then I became an employee uh, of PTC. So I was a big fan. Let me let me continue to do what I'm doing with uh, with other customers. But it, you know, when I was a director of engineering, you know, I, I implemented PTC technology, which enabled my department to you know support a large portfolio of products uh, with a large uh, variety of employee skills. And that were designed and manufactured across the globe, and um, and this was my first exposure to implementing technology. And and to justify the spend, you know, I tried to calculate how technology uh, will impact our business, and what people typically do is perform an ROI calculation. And um, and it was a, you know there was a, a I also have the uh, the uh, the unique. Uh, uh, um, I had the unique opportunity of implementing it the first time a couple times. So, uh, you know, my first attempt at it uh, failed and, uh, and which led to uh, you know, learning on how to do all this and, and, and finding another partner. But, uh, but at the beginning, you know, I led to asking vendors for customer references. So, hey, preferably in our industry, uh, ideally a competitor that, uh, that implemented the, the same technology. And, and really, you know, the entire process was painful because uh, they just didn't exist. And, and, and really, when we look back, it was an unreasonable ask because, uh, you know, we were leading edge. We were trailblazing on, on, on um, what we were trying to do. Mm -hmm. and, and, and we were using technology uh, as a differentiator. So, um, so at the end of the day, I used a value story. So what's a value story? You know, hey, if we implement this technology, we will not, uh, you know, repeat the incident we had with customer X. Extremely powerful. Um, it resonated with the executives. It resonated, with the, in your example, to the finance people because we all realized the pain and and, and cost of of having that problem. And then over the years, uh, which is you know twenty plus years and 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 over a hundred assessments. You know, I, I developed a strategy that uh, that basically takes complex business models, simplifies them. So uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of value streams and bringing value streams up from manufacturing through to engineering, through to uh, sales and marketing, mm -hmm. and then uh, and then created multiple value stories to illustrate the impact uh, of technology on on products, people, and processes. Yeah, was it difficult to come up with the the kind of value drivers the the kind of molecules that you put together to uh, to create the stories. Yes, uh, yeah, it's it, it's it's difficult because um, because value drivers depend on on a customer's business focus. So back to my value stream uh, example, if if they're focused on launching new products, then uh, you know launching new products, time to market. Um, 
uh, charging a premium market share, you know, then versus, or, and then, uh, you know, are they launching every three years? So if you're approaching a customer that's just launched a product and now they're in the next phase of that product, which is maintaining, optimizing, uh, you know, they're, Putting, you know, yeah. they'd be, you know, focused on reducing costs of existing process or, or another scenario is, you know, they're growing their portfolio by acquiring, you know, other products, you know, through acquisitions. So, and, you know, the, the example that I mentioned earlier, over a period of time, they're you know, focused on maybe spare part revenue. So, so to enable, you know, the, the relevant value drivers uh, and the selection of them, it, it's complex, but, but it's not really complex. You need to understand your customer. You need to understand where they are. And uh, um, so what I typically do before engaging, I do my homework. So I create a profile, read what I can in, for manual reports. Uh, websites and 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 try to understand and get an understanding. Are they in the new product phase? Are they in the customization, personalization? Are they uh, more of a configure to order or supporting spare parts? And then and and propose value drivers. And again, it's a discussion with the customer. But then by by doing your homework, you can um, um, you know if you've there's many value drivers, but now you've brought it down to something that that's 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 relevant to them. Yeah, and I find that you've got to have kind of a catalog of them that you can kind of discover and then yeah. get to. There will certainly be some customized ones that sometimes you have to introduce because the customer's extra special. But yeah. a lot of times having a good catalog with ways to get <clears throat> to uh, decompose in categories to get to the right value drivers for that customer based on their use cases, I think is really important. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a good point. That's a good point. The, that's a good point. And, and, and we'll, I, we're going to talk about, I think a bit later is on uh, target audiences. So target audiences comes into play when, when uh, uh, also in, 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 and what do you need in your toolbox when you go and talk to the customer? Absolutely. So before we get into that, as you put together the drivers, a big challenge that a lot of value engineering programs have is savings impacts and how you estimate them and then kind of how you kind of provide credibility around those savings impacts to customers, because a lot of times they may not believe what you're trying to tell them. Yeah, so so estimating the impact is, is yeah, it's the most complicated uh, part of value selling. And, and really, um, if you want to scale value selling, uh, I'm able, value engineers or consultants, people who have a, a lot of experience, uh, industry experience can have those value discussions and there's some credibility that comes along with, 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 with you when, you, when mm -hmm. you're starting to have those conversations. But when you try to scale, there's a lot of people that, that don't have that credibility, right? Don't have that ability. So, uh, but everybody wants a proof point. I wanted a proof point when I first uh, implemented all this stuff. And, um, but really what are proof points? They're value stories. You know, there's tons of value stories out there, tons of case studies. So the, and it's very difficult to find one that perfectly aligns with the customer and, 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 and what they're trying to accomplish. So, um, what I, the, the approach that I take is, you know, I come in with an initial point of view, uh, a, a one to 5% improvement, uh, you know, what's 1%? And I, and I tee it up, I explain what's 1% of, of, 
of someone's day, it's five minutes. If someone has to get up and, 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 and to find information because the information is not at their fingertips, or if you're doing a, a product launch that has extra meetings, you can easily uh, improve that by, by 1%, which is five minutes. And, and really it's uh, you know, a conservative and optimistic. So, um, hey, uh, it, again, and it's not, it's not the, 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 really it's not the number at the end of the day, it's, it's making the customer feel comfortable that, uh, mm-hmm. that whatever you're estimating makes sense to them because they know, they know the value of, of, of the, the problem that they're facing, that mm-hmm. they're having, but they, and they probably calculated the, the, the value themselves. So what we can offer is, um, is a different viewpoint or a different approach, which is extremely valuable, which uh, with my value stream approach and, and the one to five uh, uh, gives them a, an alternative way of calculating versus a typical ROI calculation. But then also uh, explain that, hey, business have achieved more. Here's a bunch of value stories, a bunch of case studies. Um, uh, that you can achieve more if you we get if by through our discussion we find something that perfectly aligns to that, uh, you know that within this scope, you can actually achieve more. Yeah, and I know that one of the big benefits of PTC is the portfolio of solutions, which you know kind of helps right to the the savings impact. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's right. So. Um, yeah. So. What's a one percent? One percent could be, uh, you know, uh, helping someone. Um, training, training could be a one percent improvement. But then, uh, providing um, the person the uh, um, real-time data on what he needs to do his job for that for that specific skew that's coming through could be a five percent improvement, right? As, as an example of different ranges, using using different technologies or different maturity of technologies. Um, but at the end of the day, you're, impo- you're improving your employee's efficiency, but they're just different maturity levels to that. Yeah, and those things can cascade and kind of add up across the portfolio, which is a benefit that you've got. Yeah, so then okay, of course, another strategy is a lot of small numbers make a big number. Yeah. So uh, if, um, if you go to a plant manager and say, we can improve your efficiency by, by 10%, he's like, hey, no, no way, You'll, he'll never buy into that, especially when he's, he's probably committing to a five to 7% improvement with a variety of different uh, projects that he's got on the go. Um, so uh, the, the key here is um, showing that a lot of a little, again, a 1% improvement, a lot of mm-hmm. these small improvements have a big impact or can have a big impact. Nice. So you've got your value drivers, you've got your stories kind of catalog, you've got the proof points, the savings estimates and the proof points there. And like you said, one of the challenges is you only have so many value engineers and experts that can get out there and you want to get this across all the deals because executives in finance aren't just in the big deals, they're in every deal now. Um, How did you then take the next step of expanding and scaling the program? Yeah, so we, you know, we 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 looked for a tool, just like our customers are looking for tools to help improve uh, their organizations, and we, you know, we came across the uh, the value story tool um, from MediaFly, and and really when we, we looked at that, it, it's its core functionality is, is very similar to how we engage with customers. There's the profile page, which is which is the homework. You know, mm-hmm. this is you know this is this is 
at a high level uh, what the company is, their finances, um, and then and then the the ability to filter uh, the benefits by challenges. So back to which value drivers apply. Uh, so uh, if they're focused on new product launches, there's a set of benefits versus uh, customer support. There's other benefits. And then, and then, of course, one of the points you brought up, you know, once you're, once you're having those discussions that there's, you know, there's maybe other things that come up. Um, so you can tailor the conversation using the benefit library, which was, uh, which was a very good feature. And then finally, you know, the, the detailed OPA report. So when you're presenting to the executives, they want that summary, but then the person who's the champion that's actually, that has to implement this wants the details. So the you know the value story tool has a you know, detailed output report which which satisfies the need for details because there's always someone has to feel comfortable with the calculations that you've done, but mm -hmm. also um, it, it lists the the kind of the value story or the challenges that and, uh, that are there, um, but also then uh, it it's consistency. So from the you know uh, and, and I'm probably one person to blame on this too is you know customized output reports based off of you know um, so every every person has their unique way of presenting but that's not scalable the the uh, the value story tool having that detailed output reports you know started uh, ensuring scalability you know consistency and scalability uh, so the customer always had the same messaging coming from us um, which is extremely valuable and I like how the story goes with the numbers, you know, the numbers yeah, exactly are there right. really to support the bigger story. And That's so right. uh, when your champion gets the business case, they might understand it, but it goes to the rest of the buying committee and they won't have a clue unless you have the storytelling that goes with it. That's exactly All the way right. through what challenges are we trying to solve to what benefits make sense and what those benefits are about, not just the number. That's right. So, yeah. That's one of my favorites. So uh, all right, everything's good. You've got the program rolled out. It's scaling, but no program is without its challenges, right? So I want to get down and dirty with you, Gina. So what did you run into that was, you know, resistance or challenges in rolling out this program to the, the broader team? Yeah, there's, you know, probably three challenges. Uh, I mean, there's a variety of challenges, but if we're going to pick three, you know, one is, uh, uh, you know, people view pe people view it as a calculator, or people want a silver bullet. So they they want a calculator, and and really that that drives me nuts uh, when when I hear that. It's it it's it's by by asking for a calculator, you've missed that companies have a maturity. They're at if they have different initiatives depending on where they are. And, and you have different value drivers, you'll have different uh, value stories, different proof points that apply. So it's, you can have a, so at the end of the day, can you have a calculator? You probably could by having thousands of questions that handle all the different scenarios and that becomes non-user friendly. So that's number one is, is saying, hey, it's not a calculator. There is no silver bullet, there's a discussion, uh, but we wanna have a consistent discussion, a repeatable discussion. Uh, so. And, and, and that's, we're still working on that. The second one is, and we mentioned it a bit earlier, is you know, the, the, the target audience. So confusing mm -hmm. the target audience. So the tool you know, it doesn't replace uh, a detailed multi-week, multi-resource consulting engagement. Uh, it provides a point of view. 
based on our experiences, right? We've collected a bunch of experiences for throughout our organizations, put it into this tool so that so that we can scale. And um, and and sometimes it gets it gets people lose focus on who our target audience is. Say, hey, you know, we're you know the tool doesn't do this, or it's um, um, it's again target audience enable the, the masses to go out have a, a credible uh, uh, value discussion with customers and propose something that actually that can actually impact that customer um, so that's the second challenge is we're consistently you know confusing target audience and then the the third one is should we have default values and this is like what does that mean it's so by we realize that uh, to come with a point of view, it's nice to have default values. So you type in some revenue, it sets up uh, values, and and I'm a big fan of that. So hey, Mr. Customer, I typed in your revenue, your costs, and based off of what I understand and the challenges that you have, here's an initial estimate. And, and by the way, there's a 1%, 5%, actually the tool allows you three, which is a, a conservative, probable, and optimistic. Here's the probable, um, and here's all the insights, awesome. Well, the challenge with that is, is that when we start doing insights after, afterwards, we realize that, hey, a lot of these values are the default values. So what does that mean? Uh, the half full way of looking at it is, hey, the customer agreed with our default values, mm -hmm. awesome. Uh, but you know, there's, uh, the, uh, the realist in me says, you know, maybe we didn't, um, we didn't probe or we didn't you know, challenge the customer a bit or have the, challenge uh, uh, have the customer challenge us. So uh, another approach is into which we've you know we're experimenting with is put all zeros right and have the salesperson ask. Now the problem with that is if they're not comfortable enough uh, to to probe and to say and because even when you do that they still want to know approximately what people have been achieving. Mm -hmm. So so we're working on that. So the uh, so delivering a program there's you know, hey it's not a calculator it's a lot more than that. Ensure you have the right to keep remembering who our target audience is. And by doing that, allows you then to put values or default values or tool tips. There's you know approaches we use tool tips or in the in the in the benefits section of the of the benefits, explaining what people have typically seen to, to guide the salesperson to you know manually type in the number afterwards. Yeah, I find a lot of times that customers don't know the values to to give you, you know, yeah, that's, that's it would fine. be good if they did the research, but you don't want to slow down the process too much. Um, culturally, though, that, you know, if you're in Europe, as an example, they don't like having the default values and the estimates. They'd rather it start at zero. So there's definitely a lot of consideration there. And yeah. I don't know if there's one right, precise answer to it, but I'm definitely a fan of quick analysis, pro formas, yeah. and then you refine the numbers just enough to get them to all say, yep, I own it. And now I'm ready to take it to my finance and my executives. And actually, great point, Tom, uh, which, yeah, that's a great point. It's, it's here are the numbers based off of, you know, uh, you know, I spent some time doing my homework. We had some mm -hmm. discussions, here's some numbers, but really you have to own the numbers, Mr. Champion, you know, mm -hmm. it's your numbers. I'm more than happy to tweak them for you, but uh, you know, you. No one's going to go to their executive and say, hey, Gino said that we can, we should buy this stuff because of what Gino said. It's not, it shouldn't work like that. And, um, and, and the successful, 
people that have used the tool successfully have actually used it that way. Said, hey, here's a default. Here's some numbers based off of what we know. But now let's let's discuss and let's tweak. Because you're right, customers, the people that we're talking to, a lot of them don't know the, the numbers and they mm -hmm. have to go out and try to find them. At least when they go out, because they'll, they'll have challenges getting the numbers, but at least they'll, if they're comfortable with what you've provided, they can, uh, th that, that could be good enough for them. That could be good enough, but you would like to get to those real numbers. I think part of what the next question I'm going to ask you is, you know, you're using this for pre-sales, but you really want to use it for other purposes throughout the customer lifecycle, right? For marketing purposes to get yeah. outreach improved. And then also on the back end for value realization and expansion, which is where having the real number in both those instances can help a lot. So talk about how you're expanding the program beyond just pre-sales. Yeah, and we have, and, and yeah, and we have, yeah, and we have quite a bit going on with that. So one is the, it's the tools of life tool. So the, we we realized that we can't just throw uh, the value just historically. Someone did the value discussion and then we sold, and then someone else got stuck with implementing all that, and that's we're, that, that that doesn't work. So um, or it doesn't work in a subscription and. Um, uh, um, environment. So uh, it's a life tool. So when we go in with what we call in a market point of view, um, you know, we, hey, we've done our homework. And at the same time, uh, based off of what other customers, uh, the insights that we've gained from the tool, um, we've came in with a market point of view. Then we discuss with the customer, we get their, what we call a customer point of view. Mm -hmm. And then, and then once we deploy, we want to capture value attainment because that's, that's what really matters is did they actually achieve um, the value that we thought that they would achieve. And it's, so, you know, if we, let's say we said 5% and it's 3%, it's okay that, you know, we, we're, we're, uh, at least we know what we're monitoring and what we got, right? Um, so we've, we've, we're doing that. And then, you know, we've mined data to support, you know, value presentations. Mm -hmm. But, you know, with that, you know, we're, and it, it kind of brings up the, some of the challenges we're facing. So what's the terminology? Do we, do we put customer friendly terminology? Do we use sentences? Do we use just variables? And then, you know, all of those matter when you want to extract that data to gain some insights. Um, so, uh, you know, sentences versus variables, uh, default values, uh, pre-selected benefits, all those things uh, as we're extracting the data to help with uh, marketing and to help with um, uh, value presentations, we're, you know, we're trying to find the right balance between, uh, or best practices is maybe a better, better phrase. Yeah, because you've put together some things that are optimized for the pre-sales motion, but aren't really optimized for, let's say, research, right? And, and how a researcher would go and That's find out what the realized value is or the, uh, the customers to then put together that market point of view. And, and Tom, that, that, that is, uh, surprisingly enough, there's people that are very passionate about how how we, um, you know, the phrasing we use, and 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 is it industry specific? Uh, it's there's there's a lot that goes into um, a lot of discussions that go into that, that goes into those those to try to make that work. So as you look at the program, what do you think is the biggest kind of most important element to the program's success? 
Yeah, so it's it's uh, standardization of values, story discussions, right? It's scalability. How do we scale? So, um, and we we do the same with our customers. Hey, Mr. Customer, you can you you have a problem. You have a um, you 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 could either develop your own solution or you can uh, you know we but we've we've developed a solution for you. So there's a lot of value in in providing that solution for customers because they're not there to develop value. We're not there to develop these. Uh, value story tools where they develop software to help uh, customers design products, mm-hmm. train people, and improve processes. So, so the program allowed us to standardize uh, the value story discussions. It aligned, like I mentioned earlier, to 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 how we engage, which just it, it just makes sense how we engage. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it enables you know clear and concise messaging. Um, but then the 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 part that's that's extremely valuable is that uh, the ability to tweak uh, and even having the ranges. So you could say, hey, we've we had discussions. We put it in an Excel file as an example. But you know, for people that have done that, you know, trying to toggle between a, a conservative and a probable and optimistic range, and and maybe selecting deselecting things, it's a pain. Mm-hmm. And uh, the um, so really the and maybe it's not just one element. The, the the tool itself allows standardization, which is awesome. But then the uh, uh, by having that program and the ability to tweak the conversation based off what you're hearing from the customer is, I think, the probably the the most most important element. Yeah, I like how easy it is for sellers to use as well, right? We, yeah. you know, if you provide them anything that's complex, that doesn't really walk them through the process, it can be really difficult to gaining that adoption and scale that I know you need. And that's right. I think that's been an important part of the program as well as trying to keep it simple, but credible and comprehensive for the customer yeah. and then keep it very guided so that they are, they don't get lost. Well, yes, it's a great point. So the the, what is the standardized and the the simple uh, uh, interface? You know, there's the profile, there's the challenges, there's uh, some inputs, and there's benefits. What's nice about that is it's easy to enable. Um, it's consistent for, for for salespeople, and it's and it and it's it's consistency. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what industry. Doesn't matter. Um, Things can change, inputs can change based off of the, you know, the benefits that were selected, but people know that that's what's going to happen at, at, you know, in one of these four screens. Um, So, yeah, good point. Awesome. What is, and you got to boil it down to one, Gino, what is the one piece of advice you'd like to leave our Evolvers community with today? Yes, yeah. So if if we go back to the beginning, uh, you know, customers know the value of solving their problems. They're, they're, They're living it. And the reason why they're probably engaging with you is that, you know, we have a problem, we know the value of it, we need to find a solution. So they're looking for partners that understand their problem and can illustrate how technology can impact their business, right? They just want to feel comfortable uh, that uh, that what you're providing will have the, the impact that they need. So, and, and as, you know, as we went through our discussion, uh, you know, we realized that it's, that having the exact value story or proof points uh, or even a perfect fit of your solution and what the customer needs it's you know doesn't really exist so uh so value stories you know so the one piece is you know value stories do not have to be perfectly aligned to customer challenges 
providing the customer a point of view, uh, supported with clear uh, and concise, near perfect value stories is okay. You know, it's, it's, it doesn't have to be perfect, um, but you know, do your homework, come up with this value story that's, that's, uh, that makes sense is, is, is golden. Yeah, I had uh, another guest say, you know, the perfect business case doesn't exist. And you just have to make sure that the customer understands it and owns it. And part of what you're doing through the process and the closer you can get the better, but it does not have to be perfect. And, you know, and and hence no silver bullet there. That's right. They do have to own it. How can, you know, Gino, you've been there, you've done that. I know there's others in the Evolver community that are looking for help and advice and just uh, sometimes a, a friendly face and voice to reach out to. How can the community find and reach you online? Yeah, so, you know, I'm, I'm uh, you know, constantly evolving this uh, value stream framework and, and methods of illustrating the impact of technology on organization. Um, as we mentioned earlier, the, 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 my, my teaching uh, stint was to, uh, to find a way to, to, to show people that technology can impact their uh, organization. Uh, I'm very close to, you know, to the approach that I've developed and, 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 and fortunate for me that everything that I read aligns to it and this, this value a story tool that, uh, that we've implemented aligns perfectly with it. But, um, but I'm always, uh, always want to continue those discussions. So feel free to find me on, on LinkedIn. So it's, you know, the, the whole path to LinkedIn with Colonico. So um, yeah, connect and, and let's continue the discussions. Um, very passionate about the topic and can go on for hours on this stuff. Yeah, Gino, thank you so much for sharing some aspects of the program, how you built it, how you scaled it, some of the lessons learned. It's been really valuable. Thank you so much. Tom, thanks for having me. So be sure to uh, follow us, like us, hit the like button so we can get uh, more uh, of the word out there to the community. And until next time, evolvers keep evolving.